the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Catch the podcast. You can get it at 989theanswer.com, theanswerdayton.com. Producer Pam takes the commercials out, condenses the content from each segment into about 20-minute increments per half hour of broadcast time. Easy to take with you on a walk or a uh, quick workout. 989theanswer.com, theanswerdayton.com. You can also listen to the show on the iHeartTuneIn and Radio.com apps. Or, of course, at the respective websites, 9890answer.com or theanswerdayton.com. Tomorrow night is the big announcement from Donald Trump. What will the announcement be? What will the announcement be? I would like to know what you would like the announcement to be. What would you say tomorrow night? Preferably in 30 seconds or a bit more. What do you want to hear from the 45th president of the United States? The midterms have gone south. It appears that the Republicans will get the House, which will put a uh, lock on the purse strings of the Treasury. Biden will not be able to spend like he has been spending, putting us at the 40-year highs in inflation. But he's still going to go through. They're trying to do a workaround on the student loan forgiveness. So he's still going to try to spend a half a trillion dollars there, half a, half a billion dollars there. He's already spent about $2 trillion when you count the Inflation Reduction Act and the American Rescue Plan. So he clearly likes to spend money. So the House being in Republican hands, good thing. But the Senate, the Democrats strengthened their hold on the Senate. Remember the most positive projections of the Senate were that, hey, Republicans might come out of this with 54 senators, 53 senators. And the next time the Democratic map is bad, they have to run a bunch of 21 Democrats, three, two independents who caucus with Democrats, Bernie and some other knucklehead. And so maybe Republicans could get to 60 by 2024. Well, that's all out the window now. So what do you want to hear from Donald Trump? Do you want to hear him say he's running for president in 2024? I think that's, if I had to handicap what he's going to say, that's what he's going to say. He touted maybe the most, you know, with Trump, everything's the most important, biggest, most phenomena ever. So it can't be that... uh my announcement is I'm going to make another announcement in a month. That would be interesting because it would mean that people have gotten to him and he's maybe thinking over his appeal to the American voter in light of the fact that most of his candidates, most of his candidates got beat. Most of his candidates got beat. The most Trumpian candidates, Don Bolduck, senator in New Hampshire, uh, Doug Mastriano, governor of Pennsylvania, Kerry Lake, governor of Arizona, Adam Laxalt, Nevada senator. The most Trumpian candidates all lost. Mehmet Oz is not all that Trumpian. J.D. Vance really not all that Trumpian, except J.D. Vance was able to. J.D. Vance must have been a circus performer in a former life. He must have been a tightrope walker. Because he was able to get Donald Trump's endorsement, despite saying bad things about Donald Trump, 
And then after winning, J.D. Vance did a very smart thing. He thanked a lot of people. He thanked his mom. He thanked his cousins. He thanked his meemaw. He thanked this, that, and the other person. He did not mention Donald Trump. Smart. J.D. Vance has six years now to make his own way in the U.S. Senate. You say, well, that's not very loyal. Well, is Donald Trump very loyal? <laughs> he really Is he very loyal? Because he's ripping on people who he endorsed, Don Bolduc, and he's ripping on people who have never given him any reason to rip on them, Ron DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin, who I would certainly hope if we want to win in 2024, and I remember when Donald Trump told me we we're going to win so much I was going to get tired of winning. I'm not tired of winning. I'd like to win a little bit more. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of losing the 2018 midterms. I'm tired of losing the 2020 general. I'm tired of losing the 2021 Georgia runoff, which gave Democrats control of the Senate. And I'm tired of losing the 2022 midterm. You say, well, we didn't lose. We split. No, we lost. Because when the sitting president has an approval rating hovering around 40% and inflation is at a 40-year high, you ought to be able to do more then count on, of all places, New York to flip four congressional seats Republican so that we get control of the House by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin. So Trump has had a bad run, and he did a lot of great things as president. But is it possible that rather than thinking that Donald Trump gave birth to this political movement that's going to have a 10, 15, 20-year legacy like Ronald Reagan birthed. Is it possible that Donald Trump was an outlier in American politics in that he had the extreme good fortune to run against the worst presidential candidate ever until Joe Biden, who completely ignored campaigning in Wisconsin, who was under investigation by the FBI and the DOJ for her national security failings, who has a string of dead bodies uh, suspiciously stacked up behind her throughout her life in public office, and is just, in addition to all that, perhaps the most unlikable person you will ever see on camera in Hillary Clinton. Is that possibly an explanation for why Donald Trump came to power rather than he tapped into something in the American public that had never been felt before. or the, I, I loved his adversarial attitude toward the media. I loved his policies. Embassy, U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. Abraham Accords. I was a little suspicious of the tariffs, but I think they worked. Remain in Mexico. Title 42. Tax cuts, stimulate the economy, low unemployment, everybody doing all that. We're great, phenomenal. But this post-midterm reaction from Donald Trump and his apparent hard-headed view that only he can save the Republican Party, it's not working for me anymore. I'll vote for him if he's the nominee in 2024, but I will go to the polls 100% convinced that we're going to get shellacked, that we're going to get shellacked. And I'm tired of feeling that way. I am really tired of feeling that way because the other side has 
nothing to offer. Their policies don't work. And the only conceivable explanation for why they continue to be given more power in the Senate or stopped barely from keeping the power they have in the House is because, and it doesn't have to be rational and it doesn't have to be right, it just has to be because a large portion of the American electorate deems Donald Trump to be a worse option. I don't deem that, but in a large portion of the American electorate does. I think that's inarguable. Let me throw a curveball at you. Yeah. I know you're a DeSantis fan. I am. And I tend to agree with you. I'm open to others. I, I like That's where I was going to go yeah. with this. Um, I have a friend who is uh, believes that Ivanka is very smart, mm-hmm. and she is. So the question is, what if one of the children ran? So you get the Trump side of it, but you don't actually have Donald. You have Ivanka. Yeah, I think that's crazy because you know she's not. You're okay. you're basically saying, could she be given a fair shake because she's not Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. No, she wouldn't be given a fair shake because she's a Trump, and the perception would be. She's a puppet for him. Okay. He's a puppet master. Yeah. And he would be telling her everything to do. Here's see, what I, I want. What I was looking for was basically I, yeah. I, I get the Trump side of it. I, I see he's a businessman. He runs the, he ran the country as a businessman. But there's a little too much baggage there. So yeah. maybe you like could Like a greyhound get... bus. <laughs> well, what I was looking for was a little bit more you know, decorum and diplomacy yeah. and what have you from here's... Ivanka, but still get the Trump side. Here's why I think Ron DeSantis <laughs> is a phenomenal candidate. Because he has a record. He has a record of producing legislative wins. He has a record of producing cultural wins against Disney and things like that. I think Ron DeSantis is a policy wonk wrapped in the right amount of no-nonsense snark. Mm -hmm. And look at his state, how it's gone from a swing state to a blood-red Republican stronghold in four years, he clearly has demonstrated the ability to convince other people that his positions work to the degree that they may not like him, but they vote for him because they don't want to depart from the things that he's put in place that are functioning. I am not 100% comfortable with DeSantis's brush up against what I would call um, a willingness to believe that his success is God-ordained. Like the other night in his acceptance speech when he used the verses from Timothy, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race. I don't I don't believe that should be co-opted for a political message. Okay. Okay. He ran a campaign commercial which it was kind of like for such a time as this. I'm uncomfortable with that. I'm uncomfortable with Sean Hannity using the whole let not your heart be troubled thing cuz yeah, my heart's not troubled, but it's not because the Sean Hannity show is on. Okay? It's because I'm a forgiven sinner saved by the grace of Christ at the cross. So I'm like, let's stay away from applying biblical wisdom to political circumstances. Okay. So, look, I tell you guys all the time, I want to tell you the truth. That's the truth of how I see it. So they had a very um, tragic situation last night on the University of Virginia campus. A shooter has killed three members of the University of Virginia football team. Uh, 
he also is a member of the football team. Uh, so this is um, really a strange circumstance. Uh, his name is Christopher Darnell Jones. Uh, he is uh, an African-American football player. The three victims, Deshaun Perry, Lavelle Davis, and Devin Chandler, all of whom played football at the school. So this is some kind of a beef that he had with his three teammates. Now, this took place in Virginia, okay? So before I went into the story to read it, I wondered if anything would be mentioned about the... Death that occurred during the uh, protest there shortly after Trump was president in 2016. Charlottesville. Charlottesville, Virginia. And you say, well, why would that possibly have anything to do with it? It doesn't have anything to do with it. But I'm going to make you a guarantee. If this shooter were white, white nationalism and the Charlottesville matter would have been raised in here just as a, hey, don't forget... Somebody died in Charlottesville in 2016, and a white supremacist was involved. I'm just saying, that would have been a part of it. But, of course, it's not mentioned in this story because you wouldn't want to bring that up in a case where the shooter is black. Uh, This is how a media twists information and scratches scabs that have long since healed. Trump is still tied to the 2016 Charlottesville thing as if his very fine people comment was an allowance, an excuse for the fact that violence occurred. I do So I do feel sorry in some degree for Donald Trump because it is very hard. It is a challenge for me to let things go when someone wrongs me unjustly. That is a real challenge for me. Imagine if you were Donald Trump, and you're, what compels me to try to do it is that I know my faith calls me to do it. Donald Trump does not have the same faith that I have and that many of you have. He does not feel accountable to forgive others because he himself, he has said, it's one of the worst things I've ever seen said on camera by anyone. And I don't know what in what context it came up, but somebody asked Trump about forgiveness or about supportive Christians or is he a Christian or whatever? And he said, why would I need to be forgiven for anything? I mean, that's a really depressing viewpoint of life if you are someone who understands how to obtain forgiveness for your shortcomings and attitudes, words, and deeds. And so, With Trump, his entire presidency was targeted and diminished by the whole Russia collusion hoax narrative before he ever was sworn in. So when I talk about Trump and I talk about how he needs to exit the political stage and not continue to energize the enemy and not continue to make everything about him, I don't say often enough that it has to be exceedingly difficult to do that, given the fact that he doesn't have the same burden on his heart that, hey, I've been forgiven for much, I need to forgive others. But because this guy is a pit bull competitor who deems losing the worst thing that can possibly be suffered by a human being 
He thinks he was cheated in terms of being able to operate with the mandate that he clearly got in the 2016 election. He got the House, he got the Senate, he got the presidency. But he was never allowed to really do what he wanted to do, and he would be perfectly justified to say, and still look at what all we got accomplished, because he did get a lot accomplished. It'll never be fairly reported. It never has been fairly reported. It's always been portrayed as he was a failure of a president. He was an enormous success as a president from a policy perspective. But he allowed his own personal animus toward those who he had a reason to have animosity toward, but he allowed that animosity to diminish his ability to become someone that people would give a fair shake to, people outside the Republican Party, people outside the conservative movement. And so we wait for his announcement tomorrow night to find out what he's going to do in the upcoming, (laughs) upcoming, two years away, general election. Tom Cotton, the senator from Arkansas, is one of the guys who's already said he's not going to run for president, not Trump himself. Tom Cotton's not running. And he was asked on CBS Face the Nation on Sunday if Trump is still the leader of the Republican Party. When any party is out of power, as Republicans are now, we don't have a single leader. Uh, The former president is obviously very popular with many of our voters, but we also have important other leaders as well. Brian Kemp in Georgia, Ron DeSantis in Florida. Last year, you had Glenn Youngkin have a great victory in a a bluish Democratic state like Virginia. Uh, I hope to remain a leader in the United States Senate as well, in addition to people like some of those I just mentioned who are reelected, like Tim Scott. So when you're in opposition, you don't have a single leader. That won't be the case until we're through the 2024 nominating season and Mm -hmm. and we have a new nominee. Now, The Democrats are in a weird position because they would love to indict Donald Trump for the phony baloney Mar-a-Lago having having, uh, classified documents. But if they indict him, they diminish him as a candidate in 2024, and they got to know it's easier to get Biden reelected or somebody else that they put in Biden's space reelected if Donald Trump's the candidate. So they're going to do they're going to do a twofer here. They're going to demonize Trump and they're going to demonize Ron DeSantis. And anytime anybody starts to gain any standing in the Republican Party, you watch the Democratic media is going to do everything they can to start to marginalize that person. Here's a conversation on MSNBC where they are talking about Ron DeSantis. Here's the thing with DeSantis. It's not just rhetorical, right? It actually, this idea seeps into his governance. Talk me through that. Yeah, it seeps into his governance because the way he thinks about the world is that God has put him in that place to rule over Florida. And so when you see this, when he's against trans kids and the don't say gay bill and all of this, this is part and parcel of what he sees his Christian nationalism to be. So when I saw that commercial, I just laughed because I was like, this is exactly who he thinks he is. He thinks. Yeah, she's talking about the commercial where DeSantis basically used the whole I've been reared for such a time as this. So Ron DeSantis is out front with his faith. He has an authentic faith. Uh, That gives them a linchpin by which they can attack him. But they're not going to stop attacking Trump until they deem that Trump has exited the stage. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.